Welcome back to Whatever the Weather. Today we are covering hail and we have a special guest. Meteorologist Justin Horn is with us here to talk a little bit about hail. Beware, there will be a lot of hail puns. Hail no, hail yes, ETC. But thanks again, guys, for listening. Here's Whatever the Weather, hail. All right, welcome back everybody to Whatever the Weather. Today, we have a very special guest. Our first guest ever. I'm the first one? Yeah. All right. That is the voice of J-Ho the Weather Bro. <laughs> hey, hey. Also known as meteorologist Justin Horn. And we have brought him on the podcast to talk about something very near and dear to your heart, hail. <laughs> so mm. we're gonna talk about hail. Yes. Hell yes. And not the Some fiery, not the fiery place down below. Oh my hail. gosh. <laughs> We're gonna talk about hail, hailstones, H-A-I-L. Mm -hmm. So Justin, give our listeners a little summary of who you are, who you have been to KSAT over the years. <laughs> <laughs> and who you will be. Ooh, wow, this is challenging. Uh, no, this is what, my uh, ninth year at KSAT as a meteorologist. Awesome. So we've We've seen a lot of weather over the years here yeah. in San Antonio. What would you say is, when we deal with severe weather, what mm -hmm. would you say is the the usual thing that we deal with more than anything? Flooding. Flooding, yeah, yeah. definitely. Flooding is the one thing that always gets us here. But we've seen some hailstorms through the years that have that have done some damage. And we even had one, what, Saturday? Yeah, a week or, a week or so ago, uh, we had a hailstorm move through northwestern Bear County, dropped baseball-sized hail. Katie and I were in the studio covering that. So hail does happen, and it's something that causes a lot of damage. So we kind of want to go through how hail forms, what the heck is hail. It actually <laughs> happens in warm core systems rather than <laughs> yep. cold core systems, which a lot of people sometimes get a little confused about. And then the history, historic hailstorms, as well as one here in San Antonio. So let's get on down to it. All right. Well, we were going to start with how hail forms oh boy. first, All right. which is one of my favorite. Th when I learned this in school, like the really like nitty gritty, the the process, I blew my mind. Mm -hmm. It was really cool, and I think a lot of people when they find this out, they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense, and that's that's kind of cool. Um, even though people don't really, I wouldn't say anybody loves hail <laughs> because. No. It's bad. It can do some. It can it can mess some things up. But the way hail forms is is very cool. So we talked about thunderstorms in a previous podcast, and Sarah, you talked about how they form and how they grow vertically, so they get taller. And that's also a key component to a storm's strength and also its ability to produce hail. Because if those storms can grow vertically, grow tall enough, the air at the very top of the storm will be below freezing. And that's important because hail is just ice. So we've got to have we've got to have some way to tap into that air that's below freezing. So what can happen is any liquid water droplets there will freeze, and also something called an updraft in a thunderstorm will push raindrops up to the top of the storm and they'll freeze. So that's the start 
of hail. You've got to get some kind of what we call nuclei, like a raindrop or something like that, up into that below freezing air so that it can then freeze. And this updraft is going to be really important to the formation of hail as well. And what an updraft is, is basically, and Sarah, you talked about this last week, I think too, it's just a bit, you know, it's a big upward push of yeah. air. Yes. Uh -huh. And so once we get once we get those nuclei frozen, like say a, a raindrop at the top of the storm, gravity is going to begin to pull those itty bitty little pieces of ice downward because that's how gravity works, right? What? Yes, it does. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. Force <laughs> equals mass times acceleration. Mind Whoa. blown. So everything there at the top of the storm is going to be pulled down by gravity, but it's that updraft that's moving the opposite way that will take those little itty bitty pieces of ice back up to the top of the storm. And then this cycle just continues. And each time this happens, that allows for those pieces of ice to get bigger and change shape. Kind of like a snowball, huh? Yeah. 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 Like it's, yeah, it just gets bigger each time it goes up and then comes back down. Now, eventually the hailstone will become too heavy for the updraft to support it anymore. And that's when the hailstones fall mm -hmm. to the earth as what we see and all those different shapes and yeah it's weird because it's not always a perfect sphere no, no it's not sometimes yeah. it's chunky it's yes. got little bits and pieces at the end of it little chunky so. monkeys but some are nice and round yeah and some are really really jagged uh -huh. and so we'll talk kind of about why those different types of hailstones oh, yeah. form so one of the coolest things to me is the the hailstones that look like the rings of a tree you can yes. actually see the layers in them and so that's that's representative of how many times it's gotten tossed back up to the top of the storm and it gets another layer of ice and i think that's just so cool and last the last hailstorm we had people were sending in pictures and there were several like that exactly yeah. that's so cool now correct me if i'm wrong but justin i've seen you cover hailstorms before and something mm -hmm. that you focus on a lot are um cloud uh, cloud tops Right. how high the storms reach. Why is that important? Well, as Katie just talked about, the, the higher those cloud tops are, the colder it is up there. So that the more potential there is for those hailstones to grow. And not only that, the colder the cloud top, you know that there is a good updraft. Mm -hmm. So that's what you need to get those hailstones to stay up there yeah. and uh, before gravity takes over. Totally. And yeah. you were saying some of them develop like rings and that's ex like trees. Yeah. Cool. Um, sometimes they'll be kind of jagged when they fall and kind of have like these, like it looks like growths on them. They're weird. Um, <laughs> but not just <laughs> That sounds it's, wrong. Yeah. Okay. Moist sorry. growths. I know. <laughs> Those are two words we do sorry. not Sorry. Like. <laughs> I was talking about this the other night on air and I was trying to figure out how to describe them. And I kept describing them as like jagged, which they're not like sharp. It's not gonna like, you know, it's not like pointy, but it's kind of, but, it kind of, but it's lumpy. not like sharp enough. Lumpy. Like lumpy. Yeah, or like go globby. Globby. Or globby. Globby, moist growths. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, if you didn't like hail before, you definitely <laughs> don't like it now. But those kind of de deformed looking mm -hmm. hailstones, that those happen due to a, a combination of things on the way down and back up they can hit other hailstones sometimes if they're like small enough they can stick together um, on the way down sometimes the hailstones can start to melt 
but then refreeze when they go back up to the top. So those are kind of why we get those jaggedy looking ones sometimes. Um, so there's a lot that can a lot that can happen to those little boogers before they make it to the ground. Booger, another one. Little booger. Good job. Ooh. Anyway, that's a uh, that's a rough overview of hail. I think it's awesome. Just imagine, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. And yeah. I think another important thing to say is. Hail is severe when it reaches an inch in diameter, which is about the size of a quarter. Mm -hmm. Now, smaller hail, like nickel-sized hail or dime-sized hail, that can still hurt if it's coming down. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to be inside, you know, just about at all times. Yeah, you want to be inside. You want to, especially if it's, you know, if the particular storm is severe warned, you want to, that's when you really want to stay away from windows mm -hmm. because hail can break not only car windows, but also windows of homes things like that. Totally. So. And one thing we might point out too is a lot of time during the winter we get sleet or grapple. Yeah. And people say, oh, this is hail, but it's a it's a really a different formation, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Grapple <laughs> is like mel melted snow that's a little chunkier. Right. Exactly. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Another cool thing about hail, it comes in all different shapes, but also varying sizes. And part of it depends on the strength of the thunderstorm. So you're talking about a stronger updraft. There's going to be more cold air at the top and that can cause the hailstones to get bigger. If you've got a wimpy storm, may not be able to support ice that's very heavy, so it would fall sooner in that smaller hail. But hail can raise from pea size, like green pea, very small. Wow. Up to... What, what other kind of pea? Is there green pea? I don't know, black eyed peas? I okay, don't know. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Those are beans, but gotcha. Legumes. Legumes. <laughs> Sorry. I know. We're going I just, down a rabbit hole. I like it. <laughs> um, anyway, green pea size all the way up to the size of like a DVD or grapefruit-ish size. That's crazy. Very large. And then everything in between. And that's kind of part of our job on air when we're looking at radar. Now we can use radar as a helpful tool to try to determine what size hail may be falling. So, but yes, anything above quarter size or an inch in diameter is severe. ready for some history. Let's do it. I love history. Well, I am taking us back to 1360 Whoa. AG. Whoa. <laughs> A long time ago. Okay. This hailstorm was so bad, it is now remembered as Black Monday. Okay. Jeez. Not okay. like Black Friday, you know, where you go shopping and everybody's in the black. Black Monday, as in AKA death black. <laughs> okay. Listen, there was a freak hailstorm in 1360 on Black Monday that killed a thousand English soldiers in a battle during the Hundred Years' War in France. Wow. You guys familiar with the Hundred Years' War? Can't say that I am. Not really. Okay. No. Good thing I love the history. Okay. So long, long time ago, England and France were the world's top countries. Okay. They owned so much land. During the time of Edward III, who happens to be a distant relative of mine, the Spiveys did a really great job about tracking their history all the way back to England. So 
Edward the Third. I've got the hookup directly from him. No, okay. This is actually pretty serious, so I'm gonna not be goofy. Okay. A freak hailstorm killed a thousand English soldiers. They were in the middle of a plain in France, like a flat plain, open field. They were getting ready for battle. All of a sudden, the temperature dropped significantly. It started freezing rain and it started dropping huge hailstones. So to me, that says, hey, that's a cold front, okay? If it, if it, huge temperature drop yeah. and right along the front, you know, you usually get big hailstones sometimes and gusty winds, okay? Mm -hmm. So, but there's no way to tell because it was 1360, exactly what the meteorological and atmospheric setup was, but that's just me guessing, okay? It killed a thousand people, which was more soldiers that were killed in any battle during the uh, Hundred Years' War, okay? And this was back in a time where people really saw, you know, weather events as signs from God. And so the king, Edward III, my great-great-great-great-grandfather, he said, well, God says we need to end this war. So he like was like, okay, let's sign a truce. So he signed a truce from it. So that's the earliest recorded hailstone storm on record. Wait, so I don't want to sound morbid, but they died because they got pelted by the hail. That and also there was a huge combination of of things. It got really cold. So the, a lot of oh, them were really open to the elements wet. too. Yeah. Mm. And so, I mean, sorry, but that's, you Bummer. know, if you're out in the middle of a field during a hailstorm, that's a pretty bad place. And 6,000 horses died too. Oh, no. So pretty sad. Wow. Okay. So flash forward, fast forward, flash, fast forward <laughs> to a moderner time. More modern. <laughs> <laughs> We know what you mean. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is the costliest hailstorm on record in the United States. Okay. April 10th, 2001. Wow. $2 billion in insured losses because of a hailstorm. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Okay. So basically, these were long track supercells. Supercells, for those of you who don't know, are just these big thunderstorms that kind of feed themselves and they are capable of tornadoes and damaging winds and definitely hail. So there were these long track supercells that moved from Kansas City and Missouri all the way along I-70. So that was a, a bad issue too. It moved along the highway. So you think about all the families and houses that live near the highway. You think about cars on the highway. It moved uh, along uh, I-70 all the way to St. Louis, Missouri. So from Kansas City to St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, and uh, it produced the largest in area and the longest in distance and duration of hail swaths in the history of the United States with hailstones up to baseball size. Okay, wow. many auto dealerships lost their entire inventory. So you can quickly see why this was the costliest hailstorm on record, uh, especially when it comes to uh, insurance losses and things like that. Yeah. So that those are just two events in history. But Justin was here mm -hmm. in San Antonio when we experienced the costliest hailstorm in Texas history. Yeah, it ranks right up there with the uh, the Fort Worth hailstorm, which a lot of people, if you if you've ever lived in Dallas Fort Worth, a lot of people remember the Mayfest hailstorm, which was a big catastrophe there. It was in the billions of dollars, but this one that moved across San Antonio was incredible. I actually, was not working that day. Uh, it was 2016, April 2016, so it was almost three years, almost exactly three years ago. Uh, 
but I, I, I think Adam was working that night. And we got this supercell thunderstorm. It was very similar to, to Saturday, last Saturday, that uh, where it moved a long distance coming out of Mexico and came right across Bear County. And it was just a, a wide swath of baseball-sized hail. And you mentioned the Missouri storm. Well, for San Antonio, this was a long track because it tracked from one side of Bear County to the other all the while dropping this massive hail. And so, and it moved right across the heart of the city. So we're talking, uh, starting up there in Holotus, moved right along 410, and then out towards uh, I-10, so places like Converse, uh, they're on the east side of town, a lot of places, a lot of those car dealerships that I believe are around North Star Mall, like oh. 410, Blanco area, they got, they lost all their inventory, and then uh, even around Holotus. But there were some reports of even softball size hail and so I did end up coming in later that night, but just because there was so much damage. And one of our photographers, Azian, you, you guys know Azian, yeah. he's a great photographer here. He had just started, the poor guy, and he was renting a house with his family uh, right underneath where this hail swath was. Oh. And so I called him because his windows had been busted in. And I called him, I said, hey man, uh, do you mind if we come out and cover this, get some video? Yeah. I felt bad because he thought I was calling to see if I could help him, which I was. I didn't want to help him. Here. <laughs> but we also uh, used him to, to just show the, the damage that was done. And his, a lot of his back windows were just completely busted out. And uh, it was just to see his neighborhood. It, it looked like a war zone. I mean, it wasn't quite like tornado damage, obviously. But you see all the tree limbs. You see yeah. the windows. You see the car damage. All the windows were busted out of cars. Uh, it, was, it was just incredible to see. And even here at the station, uh, Tori, you guys also know, I think she's in the creative services department. Her car window got busted out here at the station. And it's because uh, she was parked uh, in a spot where her back window faced the hail in the oh, wind. Gosh. And that was the end of that. So, uh, so, many, uh, so many people filed with their insurance companies. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, they did roofs for, gosh, two years oh, you, after real? that storm. Yeah. Uh, but what else was crazy about that? We had we had that storm, right? And then I want to say, I think it was like a week and a half later, we got another hailstorm that came through San Antonio. This one wasn't quite as widespread, uh, but it was a supercell that formed on the south side of Bear County. And it was a, what we call a left mover. So sometimes supercells split. And a lot of times it's the right mover that causes all the damage. But in this case, it was a left mover that went almost due north and it passed over Chavano Park and the northwest side of San Antonio, and it dropped ping pong size hail. And that's the one that got my house that I had to get my, my new roof. I escaped the first one, and then a week and a half later, I got the second one. Oh, but there were some places where the paths of these two storms crossed. Mm -hmm. So places like Chavano Park, or I think a little bit further south, like Castle Hills, they got a double whammy, oh. which is just incredible. Uh, and it, it was the damage to see that. Uh, Incredible. Yeah, incredible. And and what I read is it was a little bit over a billion dollars in damage. And that makes sense because it moved right through the heart of San Antonio. Uh, so something that's interesting, too, is, is I found, and I think you guys can agree, these were two big hailstorms in within a week of each other. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of created a culture of people being a little bit afraid of hail, mm -hmm. which makes sense because, I mean, that's a lot of hail, and those are freak big hailstones. Doesn't happen that often. Mm -hmm. 
but to the point now where it's, if there's any little bit of hail, people are very concerned. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I definitely think it raised raised concerns. I mean, because we, we do see hailstorms down here, but they're a little less common than, say, if you were up around Oklahoma City or Dallas. And I think this, it had been kind of a while since we had had a hailstorm in 2016. And so when this one hit, people automatically became sensitive to it, and rightfully so. And it, it was just, it's, it caused so many headaches, you know, and you have to get your roof redone or you have to get your car redone. And on top of all that, when it takes so long to get all that done because mm -hmm. so many people are filing these claims, uh, it's just stressful and you you automatically become concerned for every storm after that. Yeah, I haven't ever had or experienced damage from hail. So I can't say that I understand how those people feel, but I do try to put myself in their, in their shoes. I, I can't imagine how frustrating that would be. Like even from the one on Saturday, there's somebody in my apartment complex that it had I think it was the only car in the complex, but their back window got smashed out for whatever reason. Now he's driving a, this person with, you know, mm -hmm. just like this thing flapping around on the, I can't yeah. imagine how frustrating that is. So I think, and I think as a whole weather team since then, I mean, Sarah and I weren't here then, but even since we've gotten here, we've kind of picked up on people's sensitivity to hail. And so I think we always try to address, you know, if there's any hail, you know, it's going to be really small. This is not a hill that will do damage, and I think we, we do a we do a good job of that. But yeah, there is definitely people are sensitive to hail here, and so that's why Saturday was just we saw this thing coming in. Yeah, from I was like, oh my gosh, and it actually moved a little bit northwest, which not great for the people that saw the big hail, but it was coming like due east, which would have brought it right through San the middle yeah. of San Antonio. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys, for that. Um, something that we do at the end of our podcast, Justin, okay. is we talk a little bit about what our week in TV was like. Okay. If there was anything interesting that happened. I'm interested in knowing for you, what are some of the challenges about, what are some of the biggest challenges about being a meteorologist on television? Wow, that is a loaded question. Um, <laughs> well, uh, you know, every day brings something different, that's for sure. And you never know, you know, what's gonna happen the other day, uh, this is not really weather related, but uh, we were in the middle of a newscast. I was about to talk about weather and we had to cut to the uh, Notre Dame fire. Oh yeah. And so you have to be, uh, to be prepared to do anything at any time. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's part of it. That's true, that's true. Yeah. You gotta be prepared no matter what. I know Katie and I have talked about our experiences as of being uh, women on television and how that can be a little bit difficult sure. sometimes. But I also know that being a man on television also has its issues sometimes. Well, you know, not so much that, but being six foot four and not fitting on uh, any of the green screens, <laughs> it causes I mean, a problem. That's an issue. I was going to say, yeah. everybody asks Justin how tall he is. All the time. People ask us, they're like, how tall is six Justin Horn? Yeah. Well, it's, really it's because I stand next to some short people and it. Gives the appearance that I'm like, 
Who is short? Not you. (laughs) And real quick, let me just say, you guys did a fantastic job with the storm on Saturday. Oh, thanks. You guys handled it great. I've talked to a ton of people that were saying how well you guys did and how well and how well you informed them of what was going on. So kudos to you guys. Appreciate it. That's kind of what I was going to share as our our week on television. Yeah. Uh, It was interesting to go wall to wall, two and a half hours straight of talking about about the hail. I would not have been able to do it without Katie there. Mm-hmm. She was she was helping me out throughout the whole thing, controlling the radar at times, talking about social media, showing pictures. So very grateful for our weather team. I think I think we work together well. Well, Sarah we was do. the one that had to be on TV for two and a half hours talking. I was just in the background because I was in my yoga pants and t-shirt. <laughs> you looked great to me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the one that had to talk all that time and you did such a you did such a great job and you were calm even though we were facing some big hail and I'm sure in the in the back of my mind I was oh like, my gosh, oh my oh gosh, dang. oh my gosh, oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> but like we can't we you know we can't yeah. do that and you kept your cool and it was it was top notch. So good job. Thank mm-hmm. you guys. Well in case you ever encounter storms that produce hail, just remember oh, yeah. to, we gotta get Justin in okay. on this. Ready? Weather, weather the, the weather, weather, whatever the weather. Thank mm-hmm. you.